Uh, hello everyone, uh, Phil Friend here once again with the Gear Gadgets and Gizmos podcast and I'm delighted today to have Patrick Burke on the programme who is one of our panel members. How long have you been a panel member by the way, Patrick? Four or five years. Oh, long-standing, long-standing panel member. Um, but he's decided to kind of put his head above the parapet and share with us um, some of the things he's using. He's got three things that he's using, which I think will be of interest to all of you. But before we get to that, I'm just going to ask Patrick to just introduce himself and say a little bit about his situation and uh, and so on. So over to you, Patrick. Hello, I'm Patrick Burke. I've got advanced multiple sclerosis. Um, the impact of that is that I cannot walk unaided. I have to use a rollator or a walking aid, which is one of those things your granny uses with four wheels and two handles you have to hold on to. So there are all sorts of sort of hidden disabilities that go with my multiple sclerosis. I mean, things like I can't write. Now, I don't have a post-it that says I can't write. Um, and numerous sort of cognitive issues the only real way to find out about it is to come and live is to come and live in the house. Then you'll see what the problems really are because it's they're just numerous, diverse, and too complicated. What did you used to do then? I know you said to me before we started that that, that you used to, that you retired some time ago now. But what was your career? What were you involved in when you did work? I was a computer analyst programmer working in back office banking. I worked all oh, okay. over the world. Okay, so yes. And your current situation, married at home, what, what's... Married, living my, with my wife. Children have fled the nest. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of, sort of existence. I find I found medical retirement a real, with the benefit of hindsight, absolutely horrible. Yes. Um, but I've kind of got used to it. I've got myself involved in other things. I work as a volunteer for the local community radio station. I'm a service user, help nurses at um, local universities, talking about long-term conditions. Right. And I got my fingers in various other pies as well. So you're a bit you're busy, uh, but not doing what you would have perhaps expected to have been doing had MS not uh, kicked in at the time it did. So, okay, well that's that set the scene for us very nicely. Now you. As you know, the program's about the sorts of things people use to overcome the barriers that their impairment or disability throws up at them. So what are we going to kick off with? What's the thing we're going to talk about first, Patrick? First, we're going to talk about this me this measuring jug. Right. Um, it, the big advantage with it is, is you've got the measurements inside it. Right. So they're not just down the side, like a, tra a traditional measuring jug would have it down the side. So the great thing is my balance is not good. Um, I can't stand. I have to hold on to something when I stand. Right. So if I'm holding a measuring jug with a kettle of hot water. Yes. And pouring it in when trying to stand, yeah. I will miss. Yeah. That this is, is dangerous. A given. Yes. And that's dangerous. And I can't do that. So the big advantage with this measuring jug is you can put it on a work surface, on a table, yep. Yep. and then you can sit down on your stool or whatever it is and then pour something into it and look down into these measurements that you can see mm -hmm. and see that you've measured the right amount of liquid. So right. it really just makes um, something which an able-bodied person takes for granted. They can stand mm. there and pour hot water into a jug 
and then pour it into a saucepan while mm-hmm. still holding the kettle. Yes, yes. So, what's the? Is it got a name? This jug is it made well, by any specific person? It's made by a company well, called Oxo. Oxo, good old Oxo. Yes. Well, yes. we know all know about them. Okay. And it's got a a very easy to grip handle. Yes, um, and, very, it, and it's and it's plastic. It's plastic, um, shatterproof, I think, and it's it's got the measurement in milliliters and fluid ounces, and you can get it from a very small quantity up to a liter. Right, different ones, and you can buy them on the internet. I mean, you can go onto Amazon, yes, or go to um, oh, there's various shops that that that, that sell them, okay. but it's just something which we use i think the thing that's lovely about it is that with a very minor adjustment to it i.e the numbers inside the amounts inside it's transformed itself from being a pretty standard piece of kit that every house has got to being a a very cleverly helpful piece of kit for people whose balance isn't good and so on and so forth i can think of thousands of people that would welcome this piece of advice because i'm sure you're not alone in you know not about ms but somebody who's feeling a bit frail doesn't want to hold heavy things it would work perfectly wouldn't it Do you, any yeah. idea of price was it a very expensive pounds. item that you, uh, pounds right yeah. right right i think it's okay two pound fifty three pounds well that's very easy but the other thing i like about it is just put it in the kitchen it doesn't look as if it's designed for a disabled person no that's right that's that's and good, that's isn't it? i'm very conscious that so much that is on the market for disabled people is obviously for a disabled person it looks yeah. clunky yes. um it's white um and <laughs> it's just got no it just looks as if it's designed for someone who is not a normal man or woman. Yes. And, of course, the other thing that we tend to see, I don't know if you agree with this statement, um, is that it doubles in price. So anything with the word disability in front of it is going to cost you more than it would if it didn't have the word disability in front of it. Although your measuring jug doesn't do that, which is also interesting. It doesn't look like something designed for a hospital ward, um, and it also is pretty cheap, which is great. Okay, yes. so that that deals with one the first item, which is obviously a kitchen, mainly a kitchen appliance type thing. What's your second one? What's the second thing? Um, one of the problems I have is that I, it's not so much gripping, it's do, it's 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 holding things to, like, for example, holding a pen to write. I find I find very difficult. Yes. Um. So a lot of kitchen cutlery is very light. And you don't get a sensation of holding it right. when you are holding it because there's no weight, there's no shape to it, there's no sensation. Mm-hmm. So the, the next thing I'm going to just talk about is this thing called a knork or knork. Knork, K-N-O-R-K, yes. Correct. And, it, and it's a fork, effectively. It looks like a fork. Yeah, yeah it is. But the great thing about it is – as you can see, it's got a shape, mm-hmm. it's which curved a lot and, of yes. kitchen, which a lot of cutlery doesn't have. So it sits naturally in the hand. Right. It's also got some weight to it. So you know that you are holding something mm-hmm. when you when you hold it. Yes. And it's it just makes things like twirling spaghetti. Yes, yes. That much easier. 
um, eating pasta. Mm-hmm. And because it's like if you're cutting something, you hold it like this. So you can press it down with your finger, yeah. So you can yeah. put weight on it to hold it and pl- while you saw away with your knife. But Does you it come can't... as a matching set, by the way, Patrick? Can you get a knife that matches that sort of shape and things? Does it come or is it a No, just, I've, only, right. I've only ever been put onto uh, this item. This was suggested to me by my OT. Um, it's supposed to be a knife as well, but um, it's not. Um, don't, don't, don't be fooled. But just having that extra width, and it's the just the curves. I mean, yes. if you look at most forks that you buy in a shop or antique forks, they're flat, and yes. you haven't got any. They don't sort of fit across the hand. It just, I suppose, what you're saying is that, in many ways, it's a very beautifully balanced thing. It kind of sits. It feels comfortable in your hand because it's the right shape. But it's got sufficient heft to it, a bit of weight to it, that particularly with your MS, you know you've got it and you know you're dealing with it. So it it's and it looks, I mean, the, the, our listener can't see this, but it and I will, of course, put pictures and so on on the site. But it looks very nice. It's elegant. It's a good piece of. Yeah. Yes. No, yeah. no home should be without an elegant <laughs> fork. <laughs> well, it's just um, my OT showed it to me and I just took a liking to it. Because once again, it's got um, style. Yes. It doesn't label you as being disabled or being someone without whose functionality is not as good as it should be. Yes. I I mean, you said earlier on, and clearly this matters to you, and it matters, I think, to a lot of disabled people. It's one thing to have a disability and be managing it. It's quite another to have a great big label that says, I am disabled. So what you want is to buy things that serve you well, but don't proclaim, you know, that you've got a disability. I think grab rails, for example, are a good example of that. Why can't we have all sorts of different coloured rails and, and, you know, have them seated and sighted around the place? Which don't say this is a hospital ward, you know. That that's important to you, isn't it, Patrick? You've mentioned it a couple of times. Yes, I mean we went to the expense of buying stainless steel grab rails as opposed to the bog standard white plastic ones that an OT would supply you with. Yes. And we said, No, yes. we don't want that. We want something that doesn't stand out and say, This is for a disabled person. Yeah. Yeah. And I think no, it's got to be designed for man function, for man function. Yeah, and I think that's re- that's really important in life. And that is, I was offered a rollator by my mm-hmm. OT through the NHS, and it was a cheap and cheerful number that cost about twenty five quid, <laughs> and it cost untold damage because it had rough edges, yes. um, which rubbed against the paintwork, the woodwork. Um, it was clumsy it didn't fold up properly difficult to put in a car and it was designed for a price as opposed to being designed for its practical use yeah and i ended up buying a troja rollator because it folds up and it stays folded mm-hmm. and it looks good mm. and kind of that's See, I see what you've done here. You've been very clever because you've slipped in another gadget without 
without us realizing it very subtle but important because you're so right you know i'm in a wheelchair which costs me a lot of money and part of the reason that it costs me a lot of money is because it looks nice it's not just about what it does it's how it does it and how it looks when you're doing it and so on that leads us really to your third thing which is a mobility scooter isn't it but yours is not the kind of thing that comes to mind when we say mobility scooter. Do you want to tell us about that? Um, I use a mobility scooter. It's a lightweight three-wheeled mobility scooter that um, is called a travel scoot. Right, travel scoot. Yes, yeah. travel scoot. Yeah. Look it up on the internet. I will. It's designed by someone who is disabled for people who have got a mobility problem. It's not designed for someone who's unable to walk. Right. You have to be able to get your foot over the – lift your leg over from one side to the other. Because it's yes. a three-wheeler, and the frame is basically triangular mm-hmm. with the, uh, the, the apex at the front and the wide bit holding the seat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's designed only for go using in supermarkets, going around the pavement – yeah um it goes up hills but it's designed for city and town use right but it's got a very powerful motor so it's no problem going up the ramps onto trains it's very light it only weighs 17 kilo that's not much actually um it's very easy to fold up and the way it folds up there is a natural bar to pick it up mm-hmm. i'm so an able person or someone with good balance can pick it up with one hand and put it in the car. Right. And it's uh, about just under a meter long. And when it's folded up, it's 40 centimeters wide, 40 centimeters high, and a meter long. Right. Um, and when it's open, the, um, st- the steering unit is about a meter high, but you can, dr- you can adjust the height of that. And then the seat clips off and on the only expensive thing is the lithium-ion battery that's 600 yes. pounds and which that's is um, third of the price yeah and it's the and it's the latest technology battery so it lasts a lot longer got more power and so on yeah yeah does yeah. it how long does it take to charge fully charge then patrick what's the i've never timed it but um five hours four five hours okay. three hours i really don't know okay. but and what sort of range do you get i mean i know that's hard to say because you're stop start round the shop stop start uphill stop start any thoughts on how long it lasts um if you go on a flat non-stop you should get about 10 miles out of it okay well that's that's pretty pretty for a town-based scooter that's pretty yeah. good if you but want it, to do the Brecon Beacons, it's not going to No, no, you long. wouldn't do the Brecon Beacons on it. <laughs> but the big advantage is that it's been designed by someone who is disabled. Yeah. For people who are disabled. So a lot of mobility scooters, if you want to have your, your walking stick in, it's behind you somewhere. Yeah. So it's really difficult to get hold of. Um, also, there's nowhere to put your shopping. Yeah. Your shopping has got to be in a shopping bag behind your seat. Mm. Well, that's useless, quite frankly. You might just as well not have it. Whereas a travel scoot, um, there's a caddy. There's a caddy in the base 
that sits in the A-frame so you can reach down and pick up, but you can put your shopping in there or you can put a coat in there and you can pick it up and put it on. So you, right. it's accessible. So mm -hmm. it's really been quite carefully designed. It's made from high-grade aluminium, so it's very tough. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very light. Whereas a lot of these mobility scooters, they are um, demonstrated by an able-bodied person yep. who can say, look how light this is and lift it up. I'm using both hands. Yes. Yeah. If you're disabled, I can't lift something up with both hands because I fall over. Mm. Whereas I can lift the travel scooter up and put it in a car if I'm holding on to something with my other hand because you can lift it up by the crossbar. Yeah. And what sort of price was that? I mean, it may have changed now, but what sort of money do you expect to uh, pay for? About £1,800. Okay. Without VAT. Yeah. You buy it from Germany um, and then you can get it repaired in any good bicycle shop. Right. So, And things like tyres and that sort of thing are pretty easy to get as replacements, presumably. Well, you would get them from Travel Scoot. Their spares right. aren't cheap, but um, they last for a long time. Mm. Well, that's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, there we are. So what we've got is we've got a very, very useful, very handy measuring jug, which is both light and, and the design of it wouldn't stand out in any way, shape or form, but it works brilliantly for you. Then we've got this rather lovely fork, um, which is elegant, but also very useful. It's got some weight to it. It's it's very curved, so it feels very comfortable in the hand. And then we've slipped in the rollator, which was a bonus offer from Patrick, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is also but very interesting. A lot of people use rollators. Um, yes. And finally, we've got this rather elegant and very nicely designed, uh, practical and lightweight scooter which Patrick uses around town and whenever he goes anywhere sort of urban, really. It's not supposed to be something you might use in the countryside, but, but very I've, easily transportable. But I've travelled to Australia with it, right. to America, all, all over Europe. You can take it onto aeroplanes. Um, Does it go on as hand luggage or would it go on in the hold? They take it off you at the, at the, the aircraft gate Yes, and put it in the hold and give it back to you when you when land you at your destination. The, yeah, yeah. You can then ride off into the horizon. Yes. From Excellent. There. So well, it's, it's, just, it's ideal. It's fantastic. Well, it's, it, sounds, it sounds like a very useful. And again, the theme that comes through your conversation is not only is it doing a good job of doing what it should be doing, but it looks nice doing it which is the other side of this equation, isn't it? Yes. So, Patrick, um, look, that's incredibly helpful. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us sharing your thoughts on this. And and um, I hope that's of some use to uh, to the people listening. I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure meeting you. And I wish you well scooting around and measuring stuff and winding spaghetti. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. If you've got some gadgets or things that you use to overcome the difficulties that your disability may cause, please let me know and maybe we can arrange for you to appear on the show. 
My email address is brinkburn at gmail.com or you can contact me via the Research Institute for Disabled Consumers at www.ridc.org.uk. And thanks for listening.